All right, we're looking at leadership. Last week we started looking at leadership. I don't know how long we're going to take on it, but um, it is a fascinating subject, and it's a needful subject. I just put a question into Google today, uh, where are the leaders, right? And I'm just going to read you the, the first page, right? <clears throat> where are the leaders uh, on YouTube? It says, bloodless bean counters rule over us, but where are the leaders? Um, <clears throat> Where are the leaders for women, not just women? Where are the leaders? Time magazine. Uh, where are the religious leaders? Um, <clears throat> where are the women leaders for Rwanda? Where are the leaders? Music culture. Uh, the Euro crisis is now deadly serious. Where are the leaders? World economic crisis. Where are the leaders? Um, hey, where are the leaders of this party? When political party? And on and on it goes. And there is a dearth of leadership in our world. There is a dearth of people who will actually stand up and be leaders. Now, you get really depressed about that and look at the situation and say to yourself, well, you know, listen, that's dreadful. Well, uh, let, let me say this to you. Uh, in such a dearth of leadership, it's easy for us to shine. It really is. And it ought to be easy for us to raise children that can shine uh, in a day and age when there's a dearth of leadership. But it doesn't happen by accident. It happens on purpose. Uh, and if you want to raise leaders, if you want to, to, to lead, there's a cost involved in it. There are things that need to happen in your life in order for you to do it. Um, <clears throat> last week we looked at the idea of being a servant. And biblically, leadership and servanthood go hand in hand. Not in the world, but biblically, leadership and servanthood go hand in hand. By the way, the principles of leadership that the Bible gives us, you know what you notice? You notice that in the world, successful people very often apply them without even knowing what they're doing. The people that have real success apply them, apply those uh, principles of leadership to their, to their lives. Uh, <clears throat> it's fascinating. If you look at in the world, at the, um, the, the, the the necessary character for leadership, one of the things that comes up a lot is integrity. Even in the world, they recognize it need, there needs to be integrity. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to look up some verses. I'm going to get you to look them up, and we're going to look, go through them, right? <clears throat> Father, would you bless us tonight now, Lord? We need, we need you, Lord. Uh, many of us, most of us, Lord, have got leadership in some area of life. But, Lord, we desperately need to be better leaders. And, Lord, the world is crying out for leadership. And, Lord, who better to lead than uh, those that are called the light of the world and the salt of the earth? Now, Lord, help us tonight, I pray. Help us to be what we should be in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, look up some verses with me. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. And the key we're looking at tonight is be disciplined. Be disciplined. Now, you hoped I wasn't going to say that, didn't you? Because you hoped that you could be a leader without being disciplined. You hoped that you could coast along in your life the way you are, and you could have leadership anyway, but you know what? You can't. And until you conquer you, you're never going to lead anyone anywhere. That's just basic reality. You've got to conquer you first. And the biggest problem we have uh, in our leadership I shouldn't say the biggest. One of the biggest problems is just that simple. We don't conquer ourselves. That's why the world is dying. Um, because they, they don't conquer themselves as far as leadership is concerned. You can't lead till you conquer yourself. You can't lead till you overcome yourself. You know, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> babies come into the world screaming and everything in the whole world is about them. But you know what? In order for somebody to get beyond the babyhood and get mature and get to the place where they can be a leader, they have to overcome the fact that it's all about me. It's not all about you. 
There's a much bigger cause involved, right? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. <clears throat> Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. To the Apostle Paul, he's not being arrogant here. He recognized something. The reality is that these people needed an example, and he sought to be the example for them. And having sought to be the example for them, he wasn't afraid to say, look, I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. Not just follow me, full stop. It's follow me as I follow Christ. Right. So understand this, that leadership is someone leading and other people following. Right? Now, if you're going to lead, they're going to follow. Are you comfortable with where you're at today? Is that what you'd like to see? Listen, um, you know, get married, you go to raise a family. Do you really want your kids to turn out like you? What will stop them from turning out like you? What's going to make the difference for them? You're going to tell them what to do right you're going to tell them not to do what you do, but to do what's right? Do you ever have, any, ever have somebody tell you to do something that they weren't doing themselves? <laughs> Did it have any impact on you? No. You know, listen, the truth is, if you're going to get them to do uh, right, you've got to be doing right. You've got to be the example for them to follow. There's, there's, there's no way around it. So, you know, again, listen, you've got to conquer you. You've got to be disciplined as far as you're concerned. Look at First Timothy 4, verse 12. Verse 11 says, these things command and teach. And the Apostle Paul, speaking to Timothy, says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So Timothy was to be an example to these believers. What was he supposed to do? He was supposed to go before them and show them the way. He was supposed to have it down uh, in word, in his words. In the, the word and in his words, he was supposed to be an example to them. He was supposed to be an example to them in conversation. That's lifestyle, how he lived. He was supposed to show them by his lifestyle how a Christian was supposed to be, what a Christian was supposed to be. He was supposed to lead by example. He was supposed to lead uh, in charity, that's in love. He was supposed to lead in, lead in spirit. He was supposed to lead in faith. He was supposed to lead in purity of life. No point in talking about being pure and not being pure yourself. So here's the deal. If we're going to lead, then first of all, we have to be. We can't lead apart from being. You see, you've got to be in front calling people to follow what you're doing, not behind them trying to drive them to a position you think they should go to. You've got to actually be ahead of them. That's real leadership. Isn't that what we despise about our politicians? I mean, look at the guy Wallace at the moment. And here he is. He's the lawmaker. Um, but he's clearly, openly, and flagrantly broken the law. I mean, what position does he have? Who wants to follow him? Who wants to follow him, you know, <clears throat> when he's been doing wrong? And the same is true of you as far as your Christianity is concerned. See, a lot of people out there will look at you and look at your Christianity and say, yeah, well, what about this Christianity stuff? And they look at the way you live your life. And the way you live your life becomes the proof to them of the fact that it works or the proof that it doesn't work. 
And you say, well, that's not reasonable. That's Christ, not me. Yeah, but that's not what they see. They see Christ in you or they don't see Christ at all. And so your Christianity's got to work. Our lives can't be messed up, wrecked and ruined. And, you know, but bless God, we're trusting God. It has to work. Not that there's not going to be difficulties. Not that there's not going to be problems. But it has to work. Christianity has to work. Who's going to want a faith that doesn't work? Who's going to want a life that just doesn't work? That they're supposed to look at you and see you speaking truth and then living it. And then they'll follow you. Listen, how many have had this experience that you found your kids following the wrong things about you? (laughs) Isn't that true? Listen, how do they pick up the wrong things about me and not the right things, but the things I want them? Because they follow me. They see my life. When I'm leading... My kids are following, but they're following what they see, not what I'm talking. You've heard the saying, your, your, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And it does, always. The way you're living, uh, what you're doing talks louder than, uh, than anything that you can say. Uh, you know, we've got to be an example. You know, I, I think as dark as the world is out there, we have such an opportunity to raise a godly generation that will just shine in this world. But the problem is not in the quality of kids that we're going to have. The problem lies in us. If we don't conquer ourselves, how are they going to conquer themselves? How are they going to win? <clears throat> we, we handicap them if we don't conquer ourselves. So we've got to deal with ourselves. Proverbs 16, verse 12 says, It is an abomination uh, to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. Do you know that our leadership gets established by righteousness? By living rightly? Um, John Wesley said this, Don't seek a ministry. Seek the fruit of a disciplined life. Seek the fruit of a disciplined life. To be an effective leader, you have to first be able to effectively lead yourself. So if you can't demonstrate it in your life, who's going to want to follow? Why would they follow? If they look at your life and it doesn't work, then, listen, why would they want to follow? So if we're going to be the leaders in our homes, in our places of work, wherever, listen, we've got to actually be doing the business. We've got to be doing the stuff. We've got to be the real deal. We've got to actually be it before we can lead others to do it, right? Now, I want us to take a look at the issue of faithfulness this evening, right? Because discipline and faithfulness go hand in hand. Do you realize that God expects you to be faithful? Now, faithfulness is much more than just being in church. Right? We talk about faithfulness and we talk about being in church. Faithfulness is much more than being uh, than just being in church. The idea of being full of faith comes into it, and that's the idea you know, um, that drives it all. But we need to be faithful. Let me give you a dictionary definition of faithful. Faithful is to be full of faith, believing, firm, in adherence to promises, duty, friendship, love, etc., Loyal, consistent, conformable to truth, worthy of belief, true, exact. So it's being reliable, consistent, steadfast. Like being somebody that can be depended upon. Now let me ask you tonight. You want leadership. You want to be a leader. Can you be depended upon? Can you be depended upon to do what you're supposed to do 
Or are you always doing what you feel like doing? Are you always doing what it happens to be comfortable to do? Because leadership means we're going to have to step beyond what's comfortable and do what we're supposed to do, do what God would have us do, do what we're committed to doing, not what we feel like doing. <clears throat> All right, let's, 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 let's look up some more verses here. First uh, Corinthians 4, verse 2. Let me, get, let me get you to read some of these verses for us here. Vincent, will you read that? First Corinthians 4, verse 2. Monica, would you get First Timothy 1, verse 12? D, can you read for us 1 Timothy 3, verse 11? And Leighton, will you read for us 2 Timothy 2, verse 2? All right, so let's go. Now, if you just read them uh, clear for us and then everybody else listen, all right? Vincent, you start off first, will you? Okay? Now, listen, if you're going to be a leader, you're also going to be a steward. Do you know that? Because you're going to lead in God's kingdom and in his work. Ultimately, you've got a family. Listen, your family belongs to him. Now, if you're going to be a leader, you're going to be a steward. Now, the requirement for a steward is that a man be found faithful. Now, God does not just give out stewardship apart from faithfulness. He wants to be someone he's going to give stewardship to, to be a dependable. I can depend upon the guy to do it. I can depend upon the guy to be where he's supposed to be, to do what he says he'll do, and to, to be consistent and be what he's doing. Now, folks, <clears throat> look, that's basic bottom line. In order for me to be a steward, I have got to be faithful, and so do you. God has got to expect me to be faithful. Now, <clears throat> what kind of faithful does God expect from you right now? Let's talk about this for a minute. What does God expect from you as far as faithfulness is concerned? What is God looking into your life and saying, if I'm going to make you a steward, if I'm going to give you something of mine to look after, I need you to be faithful in what area? All right, let's go. What area does God want you to be faithful in? Connor. Keep going in the hard times. God expects you to do what's right even when you don't feel like it. Now listen, let me ask a question here. Do you? Do you? Do you do what's right even when you don't feel like it? Listen, it's fine coming to church on a nice sunny uh, Sunday morning when everything's going and you're getting a lift and, you know, listen, everybody else is going to church. What about when it's a wet Sunday morning and you're not feeling very well and you'd much rather stay in bed? What about that? You know, what about your devotions? I mean, when it comes to you being faithful... Do you do it? Or do you do what you feel like doing? All right. Uh, Stuart, no, it's not Stuart. It's Simon. All right, Simon. He wants us to be obedient. You know what? Obedience is a huge thing in the Scripture. It's a much bigger thing in the Scripture than it is in, a, in, our, in our minds. Um, Andrew Murray has a little book on obedience. Fascinating little book. He just goes over and over and over. Obedience. Just obey. You know, and you know, listen, it's a key issue for us. Can God depend upon you to obey him in the small things and in the big things? Can he? Because, listen, he's not going to make you a steward if he can't expect you to obey him. Why would he? Hi. Okay, who else had, had a hand up there? Yes. Pardon? 
Consistent. He wants you to be consistently doing the right thing. Okay, anybody else have a hand up there? Well, <clears throat> what things does God expect you to be faithful in? Anthony? Okay, faithful in our giving. He expects us to be faithful in our giving. Now listen, <clears throat> I'm not going to go after this one tonight, but, but let me throw this one out to you. Listen, if you're tithing, most of you here tonight would say, listen, I believe in tithing. I believe in giving. I believe that's right and that's important and that's proper. Many of you don't give the way you should do. And do you know why you don't give the way you should do? Because you're chaotic in your finances. And what you're doing is, you know, you're going to give. And you're going to give. And you want to give, but you never have anything to give. Because you're chaotic in your finances. And you know, listen, in order for you to be... Uh, to, to give, you got to have your finances under control. you got to know what's happening in your bank account. you got to know where the money's going. Because if you don't know where the money's going, it's going. It's always going. And if you're not planning it, it's just happening, and there won't be money to give. By the way, the way to safeguard from, from that is to give the first portion. Listen, you just take it off the top instantly, uh, and you give it to the Lord. But you got to be faithful. Now listen. You know, all of you want to be rich, right? Well, we don't want to be rich. We just want to be very comfortable, which is rich, okay? Uh, but, you know, why would God give you riches if he can't trust you to look after what you've got today? If he can't trust you to be faithful in what you've got today? These issues, look, they seem like small issues to us. But, you know, they're not small issues at all. They're, they're, they're indicative of character, of heart, of who we really are. And they really cause God to either smile on us or God to censure us. Say, no, we're not going there. Right? <clears throat> Look, listen, can God manage without your own money? Yeah. Can God meet the needs of his work without your own money? Of course he can. You know who gets hurt? You do. So you've got to be careful on that one. Money is a very, very important issue. If you're not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, God can't trust you in that. How's he going to trust you with true riches? It's an issue. All right. What else? What else would you need to be in an area would you need to be faithful in? Would you need to be consistent in? Yes. Pardon? Setting an example, right? So the way you live for other people to see that you set an example. Vincent. Pardon? The gospel, getting the gospel, it's an example in, the, in that you're getting the gospel out there. I mean, <clears throat> we, you know, if we talk about the gospel, we live and breathe the gospel. But we've got to be faithful in getting it out there, don't we? We've got to actually be doing the business. All right, anybody else? What areas are, is God dealing with you with that he wants you to be faithful, he wants you to be consistent, he wants you to be disciplined in this area? Serving others. Serving others. Okay, that's a tough one, isn't it? We want others to serve us. Anybody else? Chris? Your family. Consistent in your family. By the way, let me say this. Uh, raising a family is huge work. And the, the, the biggest problem in dealing with your kids is inconsistency. Isn't it? Just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. But you know what? You've you got to be consistent. That's a key area where you've got to be consistent. Interestingly enough, the qualification for ministry is not a Bible college degree, and it's not a master's. The qualification for for ministry is your family. 
That's, that's amazing, isn't it? But, but what's your family? All right, Val, did you have your hand up? You're thinking. Okay, be, be faithful in your thinking. By the way, as a man think it's so easy, uh, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Listen, what's happening in your life is a direct consequence of the way you're thinking. That's what the Bible says, and it's true. What's happening in your life is a direct consequence of the way. That's not positive thinking. That's just, listen, your thinking, uncontrolled, leads you down wrong paths. Anything else here tonight? You see, God is looking, God is looking to deal with the heart of the matter, with the character in us. And that, that, that's what he's always going after. He's always dealing with that. And we won't, when we won't let him have that, he can't use us the way he wants to use us. Well, Okay, prayer. Just being faithful, consistent in prayer. You know, <clears throat> great spurts and then it doesn't happen. What about your devotional life? Just getting up in the morning, meeting with God. Look, folks, that is a basic, basic, basic discipline. Forget trying to get the other discipline sorted if you're not having that basic, basic discipline. You know, you gotta be you gotta be in the word and you gotta be in the word every day. And you say, well, bless, bless God, I'm doing five days a week. Well, look, I'm glad you're doing five days a week, but you need to be doing seven. It needs to be every day of your life that you're in the Word. You know, that just, that, that just needs to be the way it is in your life. You know, most of us don't miss having a shower at some stage during the day. Aren't you glad? <laughs> you know, listen, you need to be in the Word every day. Every single day of your life, you need to be making contact with him. It's not a case of, you know, you, you just need it from time to time. You need it every day. And if you don't get that basic discipline in your life, and, and it's not a, you know, a, a thing whereby I'm, you know, I, I'm earning brownie points with God. It's just a discipline of this is the way I live my life. Every day, I meet with my Heavenly Father. And I don't just meet with him once a day. I meet with him through the day because we'll never... Be leaders spiritually, unless we got that one down. And I'm telling you, that key one, look, listen, you may have ten you need to get sorted. Focus on that one. Get that one sorted. Nail that one down. Get consistent there. Get faithful there. Get in the Word when you feel like getting in the Word. When you don't feel like getting in the Word. Spend time in prayer. You know, when it's raining and when the sun is shining and when the kids are screaming. And it doesn't matter. Spend time in the Word and in prayer. Get that one licked in your life. Get into the place where that's the way you live. And you know what? you will see changes in your life. You will see changes. That one has a huge impact. You know, <clears throat> anymore when I counsel with people, one of the first questions I'll ask them, how are you in your devotions? And you know, typically if they're doing badly, they're not in their devotions. Rarely do you find somebody who's really moving ahead, um, you, you know, but their devotions are not right. It's, it's, that's the key, one of the key issues in life. All right. <clears throat> Anything else? Tumble. Okay. You, see, the, here, here's the deal, though. In order for you to help others, you need to actually be helped yourself. Isn't that true? In order for Paul to lead, he needed to actually lead others. He needed to be himself the example. And that, that's what we need to be. Um, all right, so what we're looking at here, then, is if we're going to be stewards, if God is going to find us faithful and give us his riches, then we've got to be faithful. Key issue for us. All right, who, who are the next? Um, First Timothy 1, verse 12. Monica? 
Okay. Now here's the Apostle Paul. Right. Now this is kind. Of, this is kind of a fascinating verse, right? God counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Did God count him faithful before he was saved, or after he was saved? I think both. <laughs> I think both are there. I think the reality is that before Paul was uh, was saved, listen, he was faithful in the wrong direction. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he was consistent in going in the wrong direction. And um, God counted him faithful. God saw him and God decided, I'm going to use him. And God took and God, he applied the same faithful zeal to Christianity as, as he had applied against Christianity. And he was stellar as a missionary because of it. Right? So, listen, key issue with Paul was the fact that he was faithful. He was, well, man, he, is, he had so much going for him. He knew so much. He was a miracle worker and all the rest. Key issue, underlying all of it, he was faithful. You could depend upon Paul to be there if he said he'd be there. You could depend upon Paul to do what he said he would do. He's not gonna, he wasn't going to let you know, well, you know what, listen, I wasn't feeling like it. He's not going to say, well, you know, there was a problem along the way and I never got to do it. He, Paul was going to do it. If he said he was going to do it, he's going to do it. Right? And listen, that was a key issue for Paul. It's a key issue for us too. Now, let me say this. We live in an age when there's not really a lot of that kind of faithfulness knocking around. We live in an age when there's not a lot of that kind of discipline. We live in an age when we're very pampered, aren't we? We're very pampered. We got it good. We got it so good, it's killing us. Now, if we're going to be used of God, we have to be faithful. Just basic issue. All right, <clears throat> D, uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. Sorry, uh, 1 Timothy 3, verse 11. Okay, talking about the deacon's wives, says that they were supposed to be faithful. Right? <clears throat> Uh, they were supposed to be faithful in all things. Um, Leighton. Okay. Now, let's, uh, let's actually all look this one up in your Bibles, right? Second Timothy 2, verse 2. Okay, I want you to look at the verse here, right? Who's, it, who's this being spoken to? It's Second Timothy. It's been spoken to Timothy, right? <clears throat> okay, that was a clue. <clears throat> okay, it's been spoken to Timothy, right? Now, now uh, Timothy is what? What is Timothy? He's a missionary pastor, right? <clears throat> uh, he's, he's, he, he's probably more a pastor than a missionary, but he, he's, he's traveling with Paul or traveling uh, behind Paul, right? And, he's, and Paul says to him, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou. What would you think that means? The same commit thou. What's he telling him to do with the things he's heard of him among many witnesses? Pardon? Well, now hang on, look at it again here, right? The same commit thou to... Okay, what does it mean to commit them? Teach them. 
Right? These truths are powerful. It's like kind of, you know, Timothy, I want you to take them over and I want you to put them in the possession of other people. Now, what kind of people is he supposed to teach? Okay. So, what does that indicate to you? What does God, who does God want you to spend time with? Now, what does he want you to do with men that are not faithful? Pardon? Men, men that aren't faithful. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's the deal. Now, this is a hard one for us to, to actually work out. The, you know, there are, what Paul is saying to Timothy, or Timothy, I want you to take these truths and I want you to commit them to men that are faithful, men that will uh, be dependable, men that will do the business, men that will actually follow after it and go on with it. And don't worry about the rest. I want you to put these truths in the hands of faithful men. Do you realize that what God is saying here is, listen, if you're going, if you're not going to be faithful, then he won't waste time on you. And you say, Pastor, that's not what the Bible says. That's what Paul is telling Timothy to do. Now, look, that doesn't mean you're not saved if you're not faithful. That doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. That doesn't mean that God loves, doesn't love you. But if you're not faithful, what God is saying is, What's the point? What's the point of me working with you and trying to help you if you're not faithful? Um, one of the rules of counseling is this, right? In counseling, typically you give out homework. Now, <clears throat> let you in on, a, uh, on something that actually re in re real life happens. You get homework in counseling, right? Now, the homework is because it's good for you. It helps you kind of study the Bible and find the answers and so on. But there's another reason for giving the homework. If you don't do the homework, you don't get the counseling. Why? Because you have to be faithful in fulfilling your part of it. You have to actually do it. You have to actually take it on board and do it. You know, when it comes to discipleship. Discipleship, typically, what you do is you pass out the sheet and you give it to the person and um, you go through one lesson with them and you pass out the sheet and they're supposed to fill out their side of it and come back to you with it. And if they don't, they're not being faithful. Now, look, you can make excuses for people. You can, there can be reasons why. But you know that they're consistently failing to do it. There's no point. They're not going to take it on board and do it. You've got to be faithful. You, <clears throat> what, Timothy, what, what Paul is saying to Timothy here is, listen, I want you to give it to faithful men. Spend your time on faithful men because they will teach others also. And typically what happens is, listen... We don't get this first lesson, and what happens is we we never thrive in the Christian life. And and that one issue there will leave you unfit for leadership. It will destroy you as far as leadership is concerned. You've got to be faithful. You've got to be able to do what you're told, be depended upon to be there and to be where you're supposed to be. You've got to. There's no other way. You know, look at somebody's life and that's not there. They're not going to be used of God. It's a key issue. It's an essential issue. It has to be there. There has to be that ability to get yourself by the scruff of the neck and do what's right. Or else you can't be used. You don't have to be the best looking. You don't have to be the most talented. But you do have to be faithful. That's a key issue. You know, without faithfulness, you're not going anywhere in the Christian life. And you say, well, listen, I'm not fun. That, that's me counted out then. I'm not faithful. You know what you can change? 
You can change. We're, we're, we live in a society where faithfulness is kind of, you know, not a big issue at all. You can actually change. You could start being faithful. You have the Spirit of God dwelling in you to enable you to change. You could change and be different. When you meet Christ, you're supposed to go off going in a whole different direction. And here's what happens as far as, the, you know, this faithfulness thing is concerned. You start being faithful tomorrow. You say, right, listen, well, today. But you start being faithful in the thing God shows you to do. Like God showed me to do this. God is God knows your form. God knows your frame. He's able to give you just as much as you're able to handle today. Did you know that? Then he actually can work it out. He knows what you're able to handle. He won't suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able. He, that, that he knows what you're able for. And God will give you a sufficient challenge. And if you deal with it effectively, God will give you more. But if you throw your hat at it and say, oh, I can't. And you don't bother. And then you go back looking to God. Lord, show me something else to do. Listen, God is saying, Why? What's the point? You didn't do the last one. You don't have to be a brain surgeon. You don't have to be um, multi-talented. But you do have to just obey in those little things. And you know, here's what happens. When you obey in the little things, one by one by one by one by one, you're there and you're saying, I have no character. My man, <clears throat> you know, my life is ruined. I, I did this and I got that, that wrong and I got the other wrong. But you know what? Inside you, something is happening. God's changing you. God can change you and God can put character where there was no character. God's able to do that. Listen, this Christianity deal is not a case of us doing the business. It's supernatural. We just say, yes, Lord, and we go in the right direction and we find God changing us. God making a difference in our lives. God, God turning us around. But it's, you, you can't just say, oh, well, that's just the way I am, you know. Some people get it good and some people get it hard and I'll never, I'll never be like that. No, listen. If there's something wrong in your life, change it. And they say it takes 30 days to develop a new habit, good or bad. You consistently do the wrong thing for 30 days and you're snookered. But if you consistently do the right thing for 30 days, even though you've been doing the wrong thing all your life, you know what? You've developed a new habit now. And all of a sudden, it's more normal for you to do right than it is for you to do wrong. And God helps you with it. you got the Spirit of God in you to help you and to enable you. So often what we do is we give in before we start because we, I'll, I'll never be that. I'll never be able. I'm just. And we've written ourselves off and Satan comes to the party and writes us off too. And You know, listen. But look, these... This is a key issue for us. This issue of discipline. If we're going to lead other people in any sphere, we've got to get it together ourselves. Listen, mothers, if you're going to raise children that walk with God and are consistent and love God, and you're not, how are you going to do it? Don't you think those little ones know what goes on in your brain? Because they do. They read you like a book. They know what's actually happening. You know, all that you tell them doesn't count because they know what's going on in there. You've got to be the real deal to lead them. By the way, motherhood is one of the greatest tasks and one of the greatest privileges all rolled into one. You get the opportunity to influence a generation for God. And in the day and age that we live in, 
You know what? It's not hard to raise kids that are stellar. It really isn't. I know that everything in you would say, you know, well, it's harder because of the wickedness of society. But listen, if you do the business in your home, if you conquer yourself and do the business for your kids, you know what's going to happen? You're going to raise kids that are just giants. Because the, 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 the level out there is so low now. And you get that privilege. Listen, don't miss it. And go for it. You know, <clears throat> but you've got to be faithful. You've got to conquer the things in yourself. It's no small issue. You know, listen, if you're hitting message your devotions in the morning, you're in trouble. You really are. You're in trouble. You gotta get that one sorted out. You gotta get that one nailed in. That's a basic, basic building. That's not hard to get fixed. I mean, listen, is it hard to meet with Jesus every day? That's not hard. That's, that's, that's wonderful. You gotta get that one nailed down. You say, well, there's not time. There is time. There's always time. There's time for all the things that we want to do in the day. And we demonstrate that by doing a lot of things. Everybody in this room did things today they didn't really need to do. They just wanted to do. All right? If you're honest with yourself, I know you were on the run, but you weren't that much on the run. You did. You had time today to do what you wanted to do. And if you didn't have devotions, the reason you didn't have devotions is because you didn't choose to have devotions. Right? Well, listen, just start choosing to have devotions. Make it a priority in your life. Make it important. And, and it changes. And God can step in and God can change you, right? <clears throat> now, the Bible says that there are rewards for those who are faithful. Now, let me give you this, and then we're going to leave. We'll come back to it next week. Psalm 31, verse 23 says, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. You know, the Lord preserves the faithful. Aren't you so glad that, that it doesn't say God preserves the, 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 the wealthy? God preserves the super intelligent. God preserves the super uh, <clears throat> talented. Or God preserves the, uh, <clears throat> the beautiful people. He, he preserves the faithful. Everybody in this room can be faithful. Everybody in this room can be faithful. And God says he preserves the faithful. Uh, Psalm 106 says, Mine eye shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. You can be faithful and God's eye is going to be upon you. Uh, God wants you to dwell with him and um, he, 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 wants, he wants you to serve him. Um, listen, faithfulness is a key issue for us. Don't, don't say tonight, I can't do that. My history is da 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 You know what your history is? The moment you got saved, you got grafted into Jesus Christ's history. Your history is Jesus Christ. Listen, stop listening to the lies that tell you that your history is such and such. Yeah, there's all that stuff in your junk in your past, but your history is Jesus Christ. You, you were given eternal life. That goes both ways. It's his life that you were given. And you know what? <clears throat> when you got saved, everything changed. Let God do the work. Stop listening to the lies that, that bind you to the past. Because your past changed when you got saved. And the truth is, you, you, you died with Christ and sin no longer has dominion over. You can live a different way now. You can be different. You can be used of God to be different if you just look to God and let God take and change you. That's about for prayer. Brother Smith, we're going to have you come down after that. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for this night. Do thank you, Lord, for your word to us. And thank you, Lord, for your love for us and your care for us. And Lord, we confess that, Lord, by nature, there's not a one of us here faithful. 
But Lord, because of you and because of the work you've done, we can be faithful. Lord, would you bless. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And God is speaking to you. And there's an area in your life that God wants you to be faithful in. And he's shown it to you tonight. God has shown you there's an area, this area, I want you to deal with. I want you to be faithful in. And tonight you're going to say, Lord, by your power and with your help, I will. And then you're going to actually do it. You're going to start to do it, start to develop a new habit. Would you lift your hand tonight? God has dealt with you. Amen. 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 See those hands. Amen. Anybody else tonight? Anybody else at all? Amen. See that hand? You can put it down. Amen. God has dealt with you in a specific area. Amen. Anybody else? Now, Father, would you bless? Lord, we love you. And we know that you have the power uh, to do wonderful things and to do miracles in hearts and lives. Lord, would you undertake for us? Would you do great things now? in the midst of your people. Lord, you've got a people that are raising their hands and they're saying they want it. But Lord, they're not able and you know it and they know it. Lord, would you enable them? Would you, as they make the steps of faith and obedience, would you enable them to see victory in their lives? And Lord, to you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.